and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Open Mic today. Um, everyone is always welcome on this show to talk anything dementia or caregiving related. So keep that in mind for the next round um, of Open Mic. Uh, we, we just want to raise the voice of what people are doing, what the needs are, what are some of the solutions and problems, all of those types of things. And it can be from the lived experience to a business experience. It doesn't make any difference at all. We're all tied together and um, we just want to make the world a better place when it comes to dementia care. The only one rule we have here is to make sure that we have respectful conversations and uh, let people speak, even if we don't always agree on what they say, uh, though I really haven't run across that. People are, are pretty... Uh, pretty passionate in terms of what they're looking to do uh, when it comes to dementia care. And many have had personal experiences themselves that have brought them into, into the realm. So I'm going to go ahead and kick off. And um, I, I think I'm going to start with Bruce. And um, Bruce, do you want to introduce yourself to our audience, who you are, what you do, and, and why you called in today? Sure. So uh, Bruce Elliott, and I'm the uh, co-founder and CEO of Memory Lane Games. Uh, we're an app that helps uh, people with dementia and their caregivers to reminisce. We've got 3,200 games on most cities in America, on um, India, Philippines, UK, all over the world, but on sports teams and hobbies like classic cars and woodworking tools and knitting and, um, and just thousands of games that uh, give people uh, design for people with dementia. And um, the Mayo, we worked with the Mayo Clinic in Arizona State, and we actually won the uh, Mayo Clinic in Arizona State MedTech Accelerator in March. And, uh, and we're working with the UK government uh, on uh, projects as well, all, all around helping the caregivers uh, as well as the person with dementia. So Memory Lane Games is our company. Okay. And when you talk of um, caregivers, that's family and professionals both? Absolutely. So we license our platform into uh, in-home care and in-care homes in Canada, the UK, and now in the US, uh, in Arizona to start with and starting in New Jersey shortly. Um, but yeah, absolutely for caregivers and for the people with dementia. We ran a, a clinical trial in the UK that showed uh, that caregivers, when they played our games with the person they're caring for with dementia, they were happier, like 83% and 92% were more relaxed and the, the, the person with dementia was communicating more. So it's just a lovely music to our ears that we heard from from that trial. Those are huge numbers. Uh, they were, and and we were thrilled. We knew that Caregivers loved our games. And we've had 100,000 downloads of the app now around the world. Um, I mean, last month, the games were played in 100 countries, but uh, the U.S. Is our, is our biggest market for users and uh, hours of uh, minutes of gameplay. But, uh, but yeah, it's just uh, 
I mean, the Mayo Clinic described us as a simple but scalable idea able to help millions, which we thought was just wonderful. So, um, yeah, and, we, and it's a game. We were sitting in a pub a few years ago talking about our mums. Uh, my mom's uh, at the time was 86, uh, sharp as a tack, and my friend's mom was 90 with vascular dementia. And we talked about what they both have in common. And, of course, it was a lovely photos. And we thought, can we turn those photos into games? And and the next, and my friend said, actually, we're turning memories into games. So we started memory lane games the next day, and uh, started making games for our own mums. And they liked them. And then during COVID, it just took off, which was uh, which was lovely. Perfect timing. Now you said you won an award. What is that going to allow you to do? So it's uh, so two wonderful things have come out of it. I mean, these were nine startups selected from around the world, and um, we were called the underdogs because we were just a small little app that uh, that kind of surprised them. And but but we were selected to win. So uh, the opportunity to partner with both the Mayo Clinic, and we got to meet with thirty of their leading Alzheimer's and dementia researchers around the world. I mean, incredible feedback. And then Arizona State has uh, championed our clinical work. They just love the stats that I told you and and some other additional ones that we're going to be testing. And they are uh, currently writing our clinical trial for us to to file with the FDA to run a a U.S. clinical trial. And what, what that is is pairs of people with dementia and their caregivers in their own homes playing our games three times a week for 30 minutes a day. And it's just simple trivia style games where you touch... Uh, multiple choice questions, and it generates wonderful results. It has in our pilot, and we think we'll hopefully replicate those results in um, in a larger state states. Wow, that's that's fantastic. Um, Tina, do you want to tell people a little bit about yourself and what you're up to? Uh, my name's Tina Scallon. I'm the owner of theultimatecaregivingexpert.com. And I help family caregivers in the home with being their own caregivers. Uh, The site has lots of resources, freebies, and we even have a community where you can join. And I help you through everything. Um, I have lots of things like learning how to do a plan of care, how to get the home organized, and a lot more. There's about 150 blog posts, too. Wonderful. And um, in terms of working with you, um, is there a fee for that? Or how does that how does that work for families? Well, I do have caregiving. I'm a strategist. So I do. You can hire me on my work with me page. Um it depends on the severity of the services. It could range from I do have a program to where it's $37 a month. It's a membership, and anytime you need me, I help you with the problem. Wow, 37 bucks a month, that's that's cheap. Well, it depends on the severity of the case. If you join the community, it's $37 a month. If you hire me to do a specific thing, you know, then the price goes to like ninety five, a hundred dollars an hour. Okay, okay, I misunderstood that because I was thinking, boy, you're going to be losing money on that one. I, I would think, um, in terms of being able to respond, because there's so many needs, especially if it's a a limited, you know, tap on the shoulder 
uh, type thing for, for some families there. Well, the thing is, is family caregivers do not have the money to, you know, to purchase a lot of expensive things. So that's why I created the community for them to join $37 a month. And it goes into plan of care. What are the expectations of caregiving? How to manage the expectations and so much more. And it goes through a 12 month process to where every month I do a, a Facebook live and we go through, let's get the house organized. Let's create a plan, you know, kind of getting everything organized because when your loved ones pass away and you have to clean everything up. It's kind of overwhelming. And I'm trying to teach families how to take care of their own and get organized. Wonderful. Well, thank you on that. And I don't know if some of you know this or not, but but Naomi File just passed away here recently. And so watch for, we're going to be doing a tribute show for her and we invite people to come on. I'm just going to be meeting with Vicki this week so that we can figure out a date and time to do a Zoom and people will be able to participate like this or they can send something in to read or a video clip that we can um, snub in uh, the video itself. Um, we'll be pre-recording it. Bruce, you look like you had a comment or something. So there was one other thing that I wanted to share with, well, really to learn from your community about, and that's the uh, the new CMS guide dementia reimbursement model. Mm-hmm. And this is getting starting to get a lot of press. Um it was kind of announced in the fall and it goes live July 1st, but I think it's a really well thought out, pro, a really well thought out government program. You don't say that very often, but no, you don't, <laughs> but, uh, the, but Medicare for the first time ever is going to fund respite care for caregivers of people with dementia up to $2,500 a year. Plus, provide care navigation um, key people to help them navigate getting care for the person. So not only can they get advice on how to get prescriptions and uh, doctor's appointments, all of those things, but also actually get respite in their own home. And um, and so uh, CMS has published um, uh, their CMS guide dementia FAQs. If you search that, you'll you'll find it. But um, this is a massive program, and I think it's a national it's a national program, and um, I I think it's it's breakthrough because what they've identified and they, as they mapped out the rationale behind it was it's obvious to us. I think is um, if you take better care of the caregivers. You're going to take better care of the people with dementia. I mean, it just seems obvious to us. But what they see is over, it's an eight-year mandated program too, which is longer than the usual five years. Yeah. And this and this program will, um, they hope, end up in reduced long-term bed days. So being able to keep people in their own homes longer and in assisted living uh, rather than in long-term bed days, um, bed days, just from taking better care of the caregivers. Um, now, what we've what we see is some of the requirements of companies to to uh, to um, 
provide these services is you have to also, and I think, again, a really smart step is you have to train and support the caregivers 24 by 7. So you have to offer a helpline for them to call and you uh, have to give them training. And that's where our app comes in because our app is useful in, uh, it's always in your pocket. It's always available. You can calm, engage, distract, and play with a person with dementia to help calm and manage some behavior and just enjoy a conversation again. Um, But we're looking to partner with organizations that are uh, going to be participant organizations under the guide. I'd be interested. Oh, wow. Well, fantastic. And I think the home care industry is going to, so let's think of a, a large academic medical center might have, be working with 200 or 300 uh, people with dementia, each of their caregivers, then that academic medical center will then contract out that in-home care um, uh, respite services. So I think it's going to be, and this is again, national, and there's going to be a lot of companies who, who aren't able to find respite partners nationally. And so I think it's going to be a really exciting opportunity, but I just love that it's so it's well thought out. You take better care of the caregivers you take better care of the people with dementia. Well, and- that's why I teach family caregivers to be the caregiver because it is so hard to hire good caregivers now. Yeah. yeah. That's, and that's- Lori, are you familiar with, are many people asking you about this program? I, I have not Quite heard new. much about it. Um, I I've, I've heard that there's, you know, some pilot programs that are starting to launch for social care which kind of fit this bill in some in some categories. Now, is this just for nonprofits or because so so often, you know, it gets categorized in terms of who can tap into this. Right. So I think what's important, this program, because they want it to be quite widespread. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, so a single organization, Medicare um, plan B enrolled. That's the criteria. So if you're a hospital, you're a, a primary care you know, doctor's GP group or something like that. Um, but if you're a, a dementia care center, then you can apply. And all you have to do is be able to have um, care navigators. So nurses who can direct and, and provide that advice of how to get better care. If a, if a caregiver calls in and says, hey, I need a prescription for so-and-so or I need something in care navigation. And those companies get paid another 200 to 400 a month for those services. Plus then they can, um, they can provide the respite services. And that's again, $2,500 a year at um, of respite, which is funded by, will be funded by Medicare starting July 1st, 2024. So I, I just think that's a wonderful program. I, I do. Um, one of my concerns is, and again, I have a bias here from being a frustrated daughter of my mom living with dementia for 30 years and being in this role since 2009 in seeing the medical model thinking they're serving, but the public doesn't feel that they're serving. And, and, and so that piece of it scares me a little bit if they yeah. don't get people who have really been in the trenches, what I hear people screaming for over and over in my support groups. Well, one, one is many of the clinics and stuff dismantled kind of their ecosystems that were doing this navigation, providing this. So that's going to be beautiful that they can get, get set back up. 
But what I what I worry about is that they are still going to and I and I hope I'm wrong, focus on only what they do and not all of the other resources around the world that can support their people, because I think that's a huge downfall and families want resources wherever they're located. I mean, if it's not a physical sticks and bricks building or housing or clinic, you know, or um, a home care community that's going to come, you know, to your door, there's so much out there that can support people that has not been elevated. And um, people don't know how to find that. And, you know, that's one of the reasons um, Dave Weidrich and I created Dementia Map was to try to expand some of those resources because they really, you know, somebody could be over in the UK and supporting someone here in the US or, yeah. or Japan or Australia or it, I mean, it doesn't make any difference where they're located. It's a worldwide problem. And, and we really need to take that into consideration. So that's, uh, that's my only downfall. I, I think it's very exciting um, with that. I just hope it isn't, it doesn't fall into the bureaucracy of care that yeah. is our standard right now, I think, around the world. In fact, um, Lance and I are doing a show. We're recording it tomorrow, and it'll be out in a couple of weeks on the bureaucracy of care and the, the pitfalls um, that professionals around the world are seeing. And again, I think this is a great gap filler, and I hope it's more than a gap filler. Um, and I, I think it's got the potential to do amazing, amazing things, but the word has to be spread. And, and I think to do it effectively, there's going to have to be more collaboration than what we've seen in the past. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Bruce. Well, I I think that what's going to be interesting is, and exactly to your point is how do they reach out to the caregivers to say, you have a new right. Mm -hmm. And guess what? We'll get someone to come into your house and give you a break, but you're going to have to write. um, So how they manage that process, Mm -hmm. the caregiver standing up and saying, I'm looking after one or two people with dementia and I need help and, and, and engaging in that process. Uh, I'm sure there'll be learning curves and, and that's why they've announced the program. Now it doesn't actually start funding until July 1st of this year, but I, I think it's, it's got, potential. So we'll, we'll see. We're excited. Um, and because there are strict requirements that you have to deliver in order to qualify to get the reimbursement for respite services and the care navigation services, the companies and the dementia care groups will be motivated to meet all of the criteria. So, um, you know, they said, the CMS said they're, they're targeting groups that'll have maybe 200 care, uh, caregivers of that. Wow, that's two hundred times twenty five hundred dollars a year. That's a that's a lot of money. So there's a I think there's a big incentive to move behind, to support these caregivers. So I I genuinely hope it's successful. Oh, so do I. Um, go ahead if you had a comment, Tina. Now this is a wonderful program. I mean, anything that could help family caregivers is wonderful. I agree. It'll be interesting how, you know, like home health and stuff like that deals with an increase in need when they are struggling filling staff, you know? So again, it's, 
it's kind of that chicken and the egg theory with all of this stuff, because it, in order to work, it all has to flow together. Yeah. Um, but again, that's why I started the website because there was a massive need. Uh, families did not know what to do. I mean, it's amazing how to learn how to cook, prepare meals, how to do certain things, how to transfer. The ordinary person doesn't know how to do that. And that's why I'm glad I'm here. There's not enough of us out there. That's for sure. Nope. That's for sure. And I, again, um, I'm so glad that you brought this topic up because it's, um, you're hearing people screaming for help all over the world. And uh, again, if we, if we support the caregiver, you know, care partner, carer, care companion, whatever you want to call them, the patient, the person diagnosed, the person living with dementia is going to be better off. You know, they're going to be calmer. They're going to have more tools in their toolkit. Um, they're not going to be probably is is anxious trying to care for somebody if they've got that support because there's such an isolation when caring in this in this sphere. And that puts so much more pressure and anxiety and people don't sleep and they don't eat right. And they, I mean, the, the circle just spins. And Bruce, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um, yeah, just that uh, I think everything um, that you're doing to promote and support caregiving, I think is, is and quality of life of the caregiver is so important. So you're right. We need to ensure those resources are available because dementia is not 95. And um, and so this program is mandating that these big companies will provide 24 by 7 support for caregivers, which means helplines with people answering who can answer a question or apps where they can pull this out of their pocket and easily quickly engage with someone to distract some behavior or to, to start a wonderful conversation. I think those are some of the kinds of things that, uh, that are, are part of that program. But again, yeah, dementia is not nine to five. We all know that. And so finding those support tools that are 24 by seven are, I think are going to be really, really important. There's a group out there called All's Better, A-L-Z Better, and they just do a wonderful job. I haven't talked to Gary in a while, but they they provide advocacy and education and support by certified dementia coaches. Um, and Tina, this might be somebody that you want to connect with as well. And when I talked with Gary, they're out in New Jersey, but um, when I talked with him last, which was a while ago, probably right around COVID time, I was doing a lot of stuff out east. Uh, they were putting together all these short little videos. So if someone said we're having trouble taking a shower, they could send a short little video or someone was agitated or they're wandering or whatever. Not only could they talk to somebody, but they could actually see something in terms of how how to deal with the situation, which I thought was really, really cool. We but think that's so important. Uh, Memory Lane Games is, uh, has added videos in now as well uh, around sundowning, around um, uh, engagement for the first time with a digital device, uh, all done by dementia clinicians and speech language therapists who are using our app every day in their practice. And, and th- those are so, because they're using their real experience, it's, it's so important. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I don't know if, if you have updated too on... Um, dementia map you're listing because we you can now add in 
video and all a bunch of different links and photos and all kinds of stuff, which make it a little bit easier for people to oh, understand what you what you do uh, there. Uh, I'm hoping that they will get the message out. Um, you know, CMS gets the message out, not just communicating to their peeps and their professionals who they're normally talking to, but they need to get this out to the public. Um, because without getting it to, to the public, uh, you know, it loses the drip factor um, big time. And and this is needed. And families will put pressure on companies that they feel can serve them on this and can, I think, really help um, push the program forward by their, by their voice and uh, can help steer the direction of that. Because the cost for every company to try to push this out individually, you know, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, everybody wants to push out their thing. I get that. But if we can do it as a collaboration for people to be able to find everything, and if we can get people to stop being fearful of their competition and just di differentiating themselves from their competition and how they serve. And the differentiation could be something as simple as the area that they live in and are located <laughs> in, you know, um, but it could be types of services or types of delivery systems for these services. There's so many different things, but over the years, I was just on a, a tech show um, this morning and we were talking about you know what is one of the biggest problems you know that i still see with tech and it's people are developing things but there's not a good way to get the information out to the public you feel that yeah and and or out to even other professionals i mean staff and you're getting bombarded with emails or your linkedin pings and facebook and instagram i mean you can only keep up with so much and everybody's missing a lot because everything is moving so fast. And so if there's a resource that people can, can find this stuff, um, it'll make a, ma to me, it'll make a massive, massive difference. And I think it has to be friendly to both professionals um, and families if it's really going to work well. Well, Lori, it has been a massive pleasure, but I am going to have to get. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, Tina. Appreciate it very much. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. You too. I do want to mention too, that our friends at Dementia Together in Colorado, uh, Cindy Lazinski, you know, has won the Community Builders Award. She's just uh, such a passionate soul and has built one of, I think, one of the best dementia-friendly communities that we have here in the U.S. They are having a Joy on the Journey 2024 um, program, and it's going to be at the Ranch Events Complex, and um, it's going to have a Happy Days theme. So go to DementiaTogether.org. You'll be able to learn more about that, but their events are always just a blast and a half, and uh, people have so much fun. They also do a lot of um, memory cafes, and uh, they're just absolutely incredible. They're one of the few communities that actually have packets of information that go to the clinics and the clinics actually hand them out to people diagnosed. And to me, that is a model that needs to be replicated throughout the world um, and would ease the process of diagnosis and help people get connected uh, to those services, products, and tools that they need 
need right away with that. Um, and Bruce, I don't know if you've hooked up with them at all, but. No, I've, I've made a note. What was her name? Cindy Lazinski. And I can, I'll, I'll, I can give you a uh, link. I'll go ahead. Oh, that'd be wonderful. We would love to talk to them. Yeah. They, they are just really cutting edge and doing some really cool, cool stuff. Memory cafes are loving using our app because you say, Oh, where are you from love? Oh, you're from Denver. Oh, we have a game on Denver and it's reminiscing about uh, the popular landmarks in Denver from the 1960s, for example, and you play that game and then you'll play our cats and dogs game and then you'll play our woodworking tools or something like that games. And by, before you know it, you've reminisced for 30 minutes talking about old memories and it's just, it's just wonderful to see. Wow. So for you in this CMS um, guide, yeah. Um, are you looking at doing it independently or no. working with someone else? So there's two um, there's two um, um, streams. Mm-hmm. So there's participant organizations. They're the Medicare Plan B enrolled organizations. Yep. So they can bill Medicare. Yep. Um, and then there's partner organizations. Okay. And so it's like, so we'll, we'll contract as a partner to these other companies who are providing the services. So we'll be just another way for them to boost their, their offering of 24 by seven caregiver support and training mm-hmm. and uh, able to serve under, underserved populations because we have games for veterans and games mm-hmm. from 20 different countries around the world um, that all work in the same way to trigger positive memories but um, but we do all of that virtually. So yeah, so our plan is to partner with all of the companies who are going to be providing these services to say, oh, well, in our caregiver training, do you know what? You should have this memory lane games app. And if there's an escalation in behavior, sundowning especially, you just bring out the app, find the favorite game of that person with dementia, and all of a sudden they're engaged in it and telling you stories. And often you hear stories you've never heard before. So that's um, that's what we're out talking to people about now in the states, and I think that um, um, and because this whole program is new, mm-hmm. the companies that are, in fact, the, the companies who are going to be member are going to be participant organizations. Mm-hmm. They don't file until the end of January to CMS to say they want to be in, then they have to be approved, and that's why the program doesn't kick off with funding until July. But um, but it's happening. I mean, I, I think it's an exciting program. And I, I've talked to um, government, govern, government of Ontario uh, Health and Alberta in Canada. And both of those think the program is really interesting. Again, no one's really spent money on, on respite for caregivers at this scale. That's such a crisis. And, and since COVID, so many of the adult days, I mean, they just went away. I hear yeah. I hear that over and over again in support groups. It's just like, you know, we that was kind of our rope that was holding us together and, and we just lost it. And the ones that have come back online are very short term. Um, they used to be four to six hours, many of them are full day programs, and a lot of them are three hours. And they get like by the time I get them up and ready and there, I gotta turn around and come back and pick them up. Again, yeah. and so they're really not feeling like they're getting that respite themselves, and it's just turned into another task. And so <clears throat> they've been looking, um, they've been looking for things in person, which would be ideal. But so many of them are going to virtual support, 
you know, that's one of the, uh, I, I guess, nuts that um, the pandemic cracked was the importance of these virtual connections and yeah. how they truly can support one another uh, with that. I So for this this deadline in January, is that just for the um, the medical Correct. partners? Okay. Yeah, so the mm-hmm. medical centers, the uh, large um, GP practices mm-hmm. and such were uh, dementia care groups. So, um, so they'll file with their intentions mm-hmm. um, with uh, CMS, and then they'll be approved for this program over the next few months. And that's when they'll start, I think, all the communication you're talking about and outreach to caregivers and such. Um, so I think that's, so you, you're going to hear a lot about this over the next six months. And I think perhaps you might want to, um, if any of your listeners would like to do another chat about this program, because I think it is one of the biggest innovations in in dementia funding mm-hmm. um, that we've seen for a while. Um, maybe in, in a month or two, if we want to have another discussion, because um, I'm, I'm sure a lot more news will have come out by then and a lot more of the companies that are going to be involved and how it's going to work. But it'd be great to hear your and, and the international community's views on are any other governments really funding um, respite for successfully for um, for caregivers? What lessons perhaps the Medicare, yeah, for your sure. forum would be great for that. The other thing, do you know, for being a partner, are the partners going to have to go through CMS or are they going to have no. to dig through all the individuals that have applied? Uh, through all the individuals. Now, the the good thing is the partners don't have to be um, CMS or Medicare and um, enrolled. They can um, so any home health um, groups can provide respite and contract mm-hmm. with these companies and provide the respite services in in people's homes. Um, for example, and technology providers like ourselves. But yeah, we have to go and find all the companies that are uh, and and organizations that are applying. And then explain our our fit with their with their offering, how we can help. But that's uh, we think because of the size of this and the number of companies that are going to be doing it, we think it's worth it. Well, very exciting. I'm so glad that you that you brought that up. That's uh, that's really really interesting. I'll have to do some thinking on if Alzheimer Speaks could be a fit. We have so many free resources that people could tap into, not necessarily a 24 seven person that they could call up and tap into. But if they can cover that and we can, you know, get people involved in like the dimension, the arts and dementia chats and, you know, even being guests on the radio show or being able to listen to those things, um, free tools that there's just so, so much out there. Um, you know, I, I, that's been one of my dreams since the day I started was trying to get this information out. I mean, I've been curating um, all kinds of stuff since 2009. And um, I think those resources are going to become more important again, as different organizations are looking because they have to train the caregivers as well, mm-hmm. not yeah. just support them, but train them. And yeah. again, that's where I think it's a, it's a multi-step process of, okay, we're going to train the caregivers. Then we're going to support them 24 by seven. And then we're going to give them care navigation and the respite. You put all those things together. If each of the work, you've know, got enough caregivers or enough and enough staff to give um, respite, mm-hmm. for example. Um, but I, but they have to train the caregivers. And I think that's going to be where a lot of innovation can happen. For me, I do, I do a lot of that um, as well. But mm. I, I think one of the other things 
that I hope to see with this is that it's not a, a one and done. This is the way you have to care. I hope yeah. I hope it's approached with options and being fluid because every family, every person, every every business that's dealing with someone with dementia is going to need something a little bit different at different times because it's not it it doesn't go from a to z you know it, it ping pongs all over the place and to me that's one of the biggest things that families say that they're missing is options in how to care um and that could mean from you know what's financially affordable to them to um cultural needs to i mean there's so many yep. different things that are packaged in and you know, some families want to step up to care and others are like, hey, we've never had a good relationship. They've never cared for me. And now I'm forced. I mean, there's just so many entities um, to deal with on all sides that that I think make it critically important. Well, I hope they map out um, the respite channels. So it's in, in people's homes. Great. Because sometimes the caregiver needs to get out and take care of their own life admin and life. Um, and then, uh, but also you talked earlier about adults, um, um, a care uh, drop off. So to, to, um, facilities. And I think that's part of the program as well. Um, but is that 24 by seven for, you know, those things, you're just working through all those logistics. Cause again, dementia is not nine to five. No. And many times, you know, with respite care, you know, if they're going to an adult day, they might get a day or two days or three days a week, you know, but it's not, it's not an everyday thing. And I would still love to see, I can't remember the, the community that was, I want to say they were in New York, but they did respite care during the night. So if somebody's sleeping patterns were off and they were up running around and, and stuff, they could go there and interact with others so that the caregiver could actually get sleep. So when they came back home, and I thought that was just a brilliant, brilliant use of space and time um, that never really took off in in Mm. other areas. But I just thought, boy, that makes so much sense in terms of needs, because you hear that all the time. I remember my mom, even when she was living in the, the nursing home, you know, she would, they would want her in bed. And it's like, would you just let her watch Johnny Carson? You know, she wants to watch her late night shows and yeah. she'll go to bed. That's her pattern, you know? And, and if she's up watching TV, she's not harming herself or anyone else. She's not really a drag on your work performance. You know, she's entertained and comfortable. Yeah. And if she falls asleep in the chair, who cares? So um, I, I think I think this program will be able to bring a lot of practical ease um, into the process that uh, we were. I was just talking with uh, some people earlier that has kind of been lost. You know, everything's black and white, black and white, black and white. Do this, do it now. Instead of having that fluid um, developing patience, um, understanding that things aren't a task and we've made everything a task instead of emotionally meeting somebody's needs. I I think that will increase greatly. And when we meet someone's emotional needs, if it's the caregiver or the patient or whoever, um, things calm down and and become easier. Well, I'll show you, we, um, as you're talking about, that's personalized care is really Mm -hmm. 
talked about. And I'll just show you in our app, one of our premium services that we've put in is you can turn your own photos mm -hmm. into games. So you take your own photos and all of a sudden we've got quiz games for mom that start a conversation or um, games on, on puppy dogs. And uh, sorry, you can't see that very well. I'm not very good at this, but, um, but that's, we're, we're seeing that personalized content, a game on the town you grew up in, even if it's small and even if it's in another country, we probably have a game on that place. Um, and I'd encourage your listeners, uh, uh, memory lane games direct.com and they can download the app and have a seven day free trial and, and play all of our games and see if they like it. Um, and then if any of your um, audience wants to talk more about um, these, about the, uh, the guide um, CMS guide dementia uh, model, um, I'd be very interested to hear more what people are thinking and my email is bruce.elliot, E-L-L-I-O-T-T, at memorylanegames.com. I'd be pleased to answer any questions. Yeah, it'd be interesting to have a panel. And so to have yeah. maybe, you know, a, a hospital or a clinic and, yep. and different things along with. And them. an in-home care group or a franchise, you know, that kind of yep. agency side. Because um, I think these are the pieces of the puzzle. Now, how do those come together? I, I think it's... Um, I think it's going to be a pretty, well, look, it's a massive program, right? Imagine how many caregivers there are of people with dementia. And if all of them are, most of them are eligible for uh, 2500 a year in respite, that, that's quite a bit of money. Well, so I think it would be an, an important program once it, once it gets going. Oh, for sure. Uh, exciting times. And I don't think it could come at a at a better time because people really are more in crisis than ever. And Maybe, just maybe if there are more answers, doctors will feel more comfortable giving a diagnosis or even telling someone who is diagnosed that they have it because, you know, we're still fighting that battle where not everyone is told that they have it. And if the doctors know that there are services that can support them, hopefully their message will change too when they're talking to people because right now it's so doom and gloom and get your affairs in order Instead of hey, these people can really help you. Because I think you'll need, I think you'll need a diagnosis in order to, to for the caregiver to be able to receive the, uh, the benefits. So, um, so I think you're absolutely right. Those those pieces have to come together. Isolation and, and loneliness and depression is probably at an all time height right now. Must be. And if if we can reduce that, no matter how small, but I think it'll I think it'll have a big impact. Boy, it changes everything. I just see, you know, better taking better care of the caregivers as a big piece of the of the puzzle. It, I mean, it just makes so much sense. So yep. now they have to work out the practicalities, but I think it's the right direction. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Open Mic on Alzheimer Speaks today, Bruce. It's always fun talking to you. We will uh, touch base offline. I will connect you with Dementia Together in Colorado, and we'll talk about throwing another program together that um, does has a panel discussion um, with the different facets of this. And if you've got ideas for people to be on that panel, let me know. It'd be nice to have somebody from CMS as well on there on what it took them to go through to even get this program together and how long they've been working on it. I, I can't even imagine. Well, I'll send you a, a podcast that was done with the, the director of um, CMMI, which is the 
Center for Medicare and Medicaid Innovation. And she talks about the background thinking behind this specific program. It's, it's a wonderful description of, uh, of, of, of why they're doing it. And I think, um, I think it, it's, uh, it's really useful. So I'll send you that link. I want to give people your, um, your website one more time. Great. So um, www.memorylanegamesdirect.com and um, and bruce.elliot at memorylanegames.com. Yeah, and we're excited to, to have conversations and talk about um, what people are interested in in, in reminiscence therapy and, and how our app can be utilized to, with volunteers and memory cafes and hospitals and in-home care, memory care, and where we think the sweet spot just, just with families because mm-hmm. helping caregivers when someone's facing sundowning and agitation, hey, let's play that game on Denver. Oh, yeah, that's the street. I, do you know I grew up around the corner from there? Or uh, let's play a game on woodworking tools. Right. You know, I know that answer. And it's it's that simple, our, our engagement tool. It's, it's ridiculously simple, which is wonderful, which we love that. When you said it wasn't simple, I'm like, oh, yes, it is. And then you added the, <laughs> the next one. Yeah, because yeah. it, it really is. It's so, it is so easy to use and uh, so user-friendly. And my gosh, that is 99% of the problem out there with some things that are offered is they're just too complicated for people to use. And and what a wealth of a variety that you guys have. I mean, it's incredible how how you've expanded your portfolio in terms of there's no way you don't have something in there that works for somebody. You know, it's funny. So we have 3,200 games in the app now. Absolutely. Games on everything. Mm-hmm every interest for people but our number one game in almost every single country is cats and dogs and here's one of the questions you know it's this simple mm-hmm. oops which breed of dog is a mix of cocker spaniel and poodle and if you touch one of the answers and you get it wrong it just gently disappears it doesn't tell you you did anything wrong and the mayo clinic said oh my gosh that's errorless learning that's so important for for motivation and we said oh well, we just made it that way for our mums because we didn't want to upset them but it's that simple an idea you reach out and touch one of our buttons answer a question on corgis or on on cockapoos and um and the next thing you know you're telling a story about the about the um your dog when you were little and and that's how easy the conversation is that's what we're all about socialization not about scoring well and i love that and i just love how much more we're hearing the word reminiscing and the importance of it people are understanding the importance of it so much more so well, i'm sure your audience saw at christmas the uh, the chevrolet ad um which was they spent time with the with the Alzheimer's Society talking about reminiscence therapy and really really drilled down into that and I th- I thought they did a, a really really good job on that. Oh, I did too. I did too. I, I cried. I, I, <laughs> most people did. I saw a couple of negative comments online, and I'm like, there is not one negative thing about this. It's like, hello, it's called compassion and relationships yeah. and. And then I thought, well, you know, maybe their Christmas and family gatherings are just very different, you know, but uh, it, yeah, it's, it's beneficial to, to all. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap the show up here. I would encourage people to, again, go to alzheimerspeaks.com, 
click on our free educational resources. There's a ton of variety there that you can tap into or check out Dementia Map, which is our global resource directory. If you have a service product or tool, uh, we don't care if you're a government agency, profit, nonprofit, or a person living with dementia or a family member. If you have something that can help somebody, you know, grab a free listing, there are paid ones that can get you extra exposure on there as well. Uh, but we just want to connect people to to the the amount of resources that are out there that people have no idea. Um, there's also a calendar of events, a glossary of terms, and a blog with a bunch of uh, wonderful articles there. And then I want to give a plug for Conscious Caregiving with L&L, which is a two, typically about a two-hour program once a month where Lance Slayton and I tackle tough conversations. So we have done stuff on end of life, seniors in driving. Um, it's not necessarily dementia specific all the time, um, but dementia typically comes in, but everything, you know, overflows. We've done one on senior travels and scams and um, elder abuse, um, at the holidays, you know, how to, how to work around that as well. So um, again, we appreciate uh, your follows, your likes, your clicks and shares. And as always, be a giver of hope. It doesn't take much to, to like, click or share to send this information out into your, your sphere of influence because there's always somebody out there that you don't know that is struggling with dementia. They just haven't talked about it yet. So make it easy for them to find information. And um, next time, maybe you'll partake in uh, open mic when we do it. We're going to try to do these once a month now. Thanks, everybody. Thank you again, Bruce. Bye-bye. Thank you. I also want to introduce you all to QBlocks. They have been absolutely excellent to deal with. They have been in business for 18 years and they serve the globe. I can't say enough good things about this company. I've had a lot of bad experiences. I don't know about you with tech companies. They have made a very complicated process very easy and their staff is so kind, so polite, so respectful to work with and you know, when I am frustrated and ready to pull my hair out, they just smile and tell me everything's going to be okay. And they really are just on top of the communication, which alleviates so much stress as an owner when you're dealing with tech issues. You can get a 10% discount. Visit them at QBlocks at C-U-E-B-L-O-C-K-S dot com or you can email them at letstalk at qblocks.com. For that 10% discount, just put Lori, L-O-R-I, in the inquiry form. And again, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I surely haven't been. I, I can't rave enough about this company. And that's kind of rare these days. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.